This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Are you, like many of us, afraid to speak to others about Jesus? What if they are offended or ridicule me? After all, we all worship the same God anyway, don't we? Speaking to others about our faith can be very intimidating. Well, in today's message, Pastor Kramer will give us some help with this important topic. Stay tuned for our message, The Importance of Standing Up for Jesus. Today we are going to look at how important it is for followers of Jesus to be open about their faith in Christ with everyone around them. I hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? Merciful and loving God, we praise and thank you today for the good news of what Jesus has done for us. May our lives in turn shine for you that all people might give you glory. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. Meanwhile, when the crowd gathered by the thousands so that they trampled on one another, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, that is, their hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. Therefore, whatever you've said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered behind closed doors will be proclaimed from the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after that can do nothing more. But I warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and yet not one of them is forgotten in God's sight? But even the hairs of your head are all counted. Don't be afraid. You're of more value than many sparrows. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man also will acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever denies me before others will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. When they bring you before the synagogues, the rulers, and the authorities, don't worry about how you are to defend yourselves or what you are to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that very hour what you ought to say. Dear friends, a young man decided he wanted to work at a lumberjack camp as his summer job on uh, summer break. It's hard work, but good money that would help him pay for college. His parents did not want him to take that job. They worried about what might happen to his faith and his morals in a place like that. He was such a good boy, raised in the church to trust Jesus and follow him. And what might become of him in a rough place like that? What would he be exposed to? Can you imagine? They wondered. It could be so hard on him. They prayed and prayed for his spiritual welfare to stand up under the pressure. Well, he came home one weekend, midsummer. 
Mom expressed her concern for his faith and how she'd been praying and wondered how he was being treated as a Christian. He said, don't worry, Ma, I'm okay. They still haven't figured out that I'm a Christian. One of the hymns I love to sing in worship is, Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Feels good, doesn't it? It's inspiring. Another one that I love to belt out is I love to tell the story. I've noticed that the volume and enthusiasm of the singing in church goes up when we sing those two. But when the worship service is over, I wonder, do we? I mean, stand up for him. And do we love to tell that story? I mean, it's fairly easy to do so in a worship service when you're with other believers, but outside of the church building, it feels a little different. It's a bit intimidating, in fact. Several things can intimidate us and get in the way of our standing up for Jesus. There's fears, fears of rejection and ridicule by others or losing precious relationships that matter to us. There's spiritual laziness. Why get involved that deeply with someone or bad theology? It doesn't matter. We're all worshiping the same God anyway or we're all saved anyway. For others, there might be a sense of inadequacy. I just don't know what to say to that person. I don't want to mess it up. What if they ask questions I can't answer? Others say they're too shy. You could probably add a few more reasons to my list. Anyway, many of us find ourselves cringing at the thought of speaking up for Jesus. But Jesus tells us in today's passage, I'm counting on you to go public for me, to speak up for me, and share the news with others of what I've done for this world, to testify to the difference I've made in your life, to show my love and compassion towards those who need to be touched by my love, and to speak out against injustice and values that clash with my kingdom. He doesn't sugarcoat the task in our passage today. He says it won't be easy. In fact, it'll be hard. There will be times when you're tempted to hide or run away or hold your tongue from speaking on my behalf, even denying your faith in me before other people when the pressure's on. Some people will speak against me and others will blaspheme the Holy Spirit, he says, by calling this kingdom talk evil and opposing the gospel message and therefore they'll be hard on you. You could even find yourself rejected by loved ones and persecuted for speaking up for me. You could be brought before rulers and synagogues and other authorities on charges of blasphemy or sedition against the government. So Jesus lays out some important facts for his disciples to consider. His first bit of instruction is a word of warning, a heads up. Remember who you're playing for, no matter how frightened you may be of others. Who your most important audience is. You see, this story begins with Luke telling us that thousands of people were showing up to listen to Jesus. And immediately he speaks to his disciples first, not to them. He sees this as a teachable moment. Perhaps he's concerned that the disciples were liking the popularity a little bit too much. Maybe they started acting a little bit more religious before the crowds playing for them. Success can bring about pridefulness and it can become tempting to play for the crowds. 
Soon you find yourself willing to do anything or say anything that will keep you popular with the crowds. That's a real playground for Satan to have some fun. Jesus knew that. He says, beware of the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. See, Jesus has, in Luke 11, fearlessly taken on those scribes and Pharisees and pointed out that they're shallow religious show-offs that play for the crowd and for themselves, but not for God. They may look good on the outside before others, but God knows the rottenness that lies inside of him, them that needs to be cleansed. Jesus has also told them to their faces that they are dangerous to other people's spiritual health. They have rules, but no relationship with God and no love for people. And Jesus says to his followers, now don't you be like that. I know it's tempting to get caught up in pridefulness when you see all these people looking up to you because you're my friends as they come to listen to me. Don't fall into that trap. Loving attention. Be on guard against hypocrisy and pride. Be more concerned about your relationship with God and how you appear before him than how you appear to others. You just commit yourselves to humbly serve your audience of one who knows all and sees all, God. Make honoring and pleasing him your number one priority in life. And then Jesus points out, after all, he is in charge. History is his story. The day is coming, the final judgment day, when everything about you, every thought you've ever thought or word you've ever whispered behind closed doors will be revealed and brought out in the open for all to see. Jesus then goes on to say, and remember who really has the last word over you and everyone else. Make up your mind to be God-fearing not people-fearing followers. I know people can scare you. They can take your life in this world and make you miserable, but that's where it stops. There is an eternity, and God is in charge of it. He's the final authority over everyone. Only he can cast someone into hell for eternity. These exhortations of Jesus are a bit unnerving for many of us, understandably so. That's why he offers some encouraging words of assurance as well for his nervous, fearful witnesses to be. He says, first of all, I want you to remember that you are valuable to God and never forgotten by God. Are not five sparrows sold for two, sold for two pennies and yet not one of them is forgotten in God's sight? Even the hairs in your head are, are counted. Don't be afraid. You're of more value than many sparrows to your father. Your heavenly father sees you and knows you and values you. And nothing can ever separate you from him. And here's a promise to you and me to count on, Jesus goes on to say. If you stand up for me in this world, no matter what, I'll stand up for you on the last day before the heavenly court of angels. When you think about it, actually Jesus already has stood up for you and me. He sacrificed himself to save you and me from our sins, didn't he? He stood before 
a kangaroo court and allowed himself to be judged and executed by sinful men who despised him. He stood and suffered the beatings and the humiliation. He stood and carried a cross up a hill called Golgotha where he would be nailed to that cross and lifted up on it to suffocate to death. He stood in your place and mine before the wrath of God all for you and me that we might have a restored relationship with God. I'll stand up for you, he said. So you stand up for me. By the way, Jesus says, you won't bat 1,000. Don't sweat it. Your message will be rejected by many, but it's, it's really not you that's the problem. They're really rejecting me, the Son of Man, and, and the Holy Spirit. Some will turn and eventually believe in me, and there's forgiveness and a place for them in my kingdom. I'm reminded that later on in the book of Acts, those words were fulfilled in the conversion of a very hostile opponent of the Christian faith, Saul, who will become Paul, the great apostle. And Jesus says, those that blaspheme against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. In other words, those that reject the gospel message, which is the tool of the Holy Spirit for conversion, who call it a lie of the devil himself, they will miss out on receiving God's forgiveness. Finally, Jesus said, when the pressure is on, and it will come, you will be dragged before people that don't want to hear, won't like what you're saying. Remember that you're not alone in this. You're not on your own. You are armed with the Holy Spirit of God. He will teach you what to say. He will be with you. In the book of Acts, we see those inarticulate disciples become quite bold and eloquent. For instance, in Acts 4, James and John stand before the Sanhedrin council on charges, and these opponents marveled at the bold eloquence of these uneducated men, it says. And when they told them to be silent about Jesus, they said, we have to obey God first. We can't stop. We play for an audience of one. Those common Christ-following people, powered by the Spirit of God, turned the world upside down for Jesus Christ. Friends, brothers, sisters in Christ, while a personal relationship with Jesus is important, it's not meant to end there, to be kept private. Christ is counting on us to go public with the good news, to be God-fearing people who humbly play for an audience of one and stand up and speak up for Jesus in a world of people that desperately need Jesus in order to be rescued. Allow me to get personal. When was the last time you grabbed an opportunity to stand up or speak up for Jesus? If you can't think of a time, then maybe it's time we get you started on some homework. It's not too late. God can still use you in a great way. First, I would have you think of three people in your life, in your people network. Write them down on a piece of paper. 
and begin to pray for those three people that you're not sure of whether they have a relationship with Jesus Christ or not. Pray for them, for an openness to receive Jesus. The second thing I would have you do is get on the internet and check out a website for Evangelism Explosion. It's eeworks.org. Get on their newsletter. There you will find wonderful teaching and tips on being a personal witness right where you are. Finally, start looking for opportunities and open doors to speak the name of Jesus and tell what he's meant for your life. Look for opportunities to stand up for the kingdom of God. When you see something that's wrong, that needs to be made right. Ask God to open those doors for you. By the way, I've learned he loves to answer that request. I wanted to end today with a story that inspired me. Written by uh, Alec Hill in an article from Christianity Today. At age 26, Ken Elzinga joined the faculty of the University of Virginia after a tenured colleague warned him that being explicit about his faith could hinder his career. Elzinga was stunned to see a flyer with his face on it placed at a prominent campus location. A campus ministry had posted it to advertise a talk that he had agreed to give. A relative, relatively new believer he worried. Would fellow professors think less of him? Might this harm his tenure chances? He experienced the dark night of the soul, returning to campus and secretly taking the poster down. But the next morning, Elzinga went and put the poster back up. After hours of soul searching, he concluded that his life was not about career ambition, but about faithful discipleship, and that being private about his faith was not an option for him. In the four decades since, Elzinga has been named Professor of the Year multiple times and is still a speaker in high demand. He will be the first to tell you that serving only one master has been liberating for him. And why is that? Because pleasing an audience of one makes us less anxious, less sensitive to criticism, and more courageous. Because in doing so, we become more secure and compete less for our own honor. My dear friends, Jesus is counting on us to go public for him. Don't make your faith a private matter. And as you step out for him, remember these words from Jesus that you're not alone in this task. And you have promises to count on that reach all the way into eternity. And you have a father who is watching over you and will not allow anything to separate you from his love as you play for this audience of one. And remember... Remember that you're armed and dangerous, 
filled with the Holy Spirit of God. He is there with you. And he will teach you exactly what you need to say. And he will give you the courage and the strength that is needed to say it. Amen. You are the light of the world. Now let your light so shine before others that they see the good things you're doing and hear the gospel from you and give glory to your Father in heaven. Amen. You've been worshiping with the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to fearlessly and boldly stand up for Jesus. Remember, the Holy Spirit of God will teach you exactly what you need to say, and he will give you the needed courage and strength to say it. September is anniversary month for Christian Crusaders. Our first broadcast was aired 83 years ago on September 6, 1936, live from Trinity Lutheran Church in Waterloo, Iowa on WMT Radio. We now broadcast on 27 stations in 11 states across the nation by shortwave radio, on the internet, and on satellite, as well as Imani Radio in Kenya, South Africa. We are grateful to you, our listeners, for making this ministry possible with your prayers and financial support. We invite you to take a moment and visit us on the internet where you'll find printed and audio copies of many of our messages, as well as prayer requests and other interesting and useful information for your faith walk. Visit us anytime at christiancrusaders.org. And be sure to friend us on Facebook to receive extra encouragement and inspiration for your day. We are so happy you chose to worship with us today, and we invite you to join us again next Sunday for the message, When God Had the Last Laugh. Conducting today's service was our speaker, Pastor Steve Kramer. Christian Crusaders is now in its 84th year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting. From all of us here at Christian Crusaders, may God bless you as his followers to bless those in your sphere of influence with the good news of salvation found in Jesus Christ.